We went into a place where we had never done business in this scale before. We were signing contracts. If we didn't deliver, we would have been out of business. Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Welcome indeed to a milestone episode of the Make an Impact podcast, because Dave Linton is the first guest to be invited back for a second appearance. Back in 2015, Dave launched Mad Luck because he was heartbroken to learn that most children in care transport their worldly belongings in a bin bag. Madlug's buy one, give one approach addresses this. But what's happened since Dave was on the show in 2019? Dave describes Madlug's resilience in the face of a social media hack, the decisions it made to deal with COVID, the value and importance of a great board for a social enterprise, the importance of trusting your gut, and how he and his crew responded to an astonishing phone call from IKEA. Dave also gives his key advice to help social entrepreneurs find your niche and avoid mission drift. It's a powerful tale today of a social enterprise which started with just £480, making an astonishing impact. Here's your host, Heidi Fisher, with Dave Linton. Welcome to the Make an Impact podcast. Today, I am joined by Dave Linton from Madlug. He is the first ever guest to be invited back, um, so he must be pretty special. So, Dave, just tell us a little bit about Madlug for those people that didn't um, listen to the first episode you were on. Sure, Heidi. So, there are 90,000 children in care across the UK and Ireland. One child moves every 15 minutes. And most of those children have their belongings moved in either black plastic bin bags or plastic shopping bags and lose their dignity. And so Madlug is basically a response to that. Um, Instead of using a charitable model of fundraising, we created a business model based on the one for one every time we sell a bag. So Madlug stands for Make a Difference Luggage. Every time we sell a bag, we give a bag, a little pack away travel bag to an incredible child in the care system for free to try and alleviate black bin bags or plastic shopping bags being used um, to, for them to move their belongings in. Every time you tell your story, I'm just like, oh, it's such a, a, a sort of emotive and, and sad issue. And it always brings me back to the things that you don't notice in society that, that need addressing. Um, I don't know about how, you know, for you, is that how it, it seemed when you, you kind of first went into it? Yeah, sure. I think we, we would say... Um, that we still are dealing with an unseen issue in that um, the whole issue of children in the care system is an unseen issue. You know, if you you hear of the crime on TV, you hear of um, homelessness or you see homelessness when you walk around cities and towns. Um, But children in care, because they're under 18 and under a lot of child protection, is that they often go unseen. And so society's perspective or understanding of that area is um, is actually what maybe Tracy Beaker or um, maybe they've had a family member who is foster but it's generally a professional's world or foster carers world and general society know very little about it and so I we see that as a big part of our mission you know yes we started to deal with the bin bags and the plastic shopping bags but I think in doing that we have realized we've had to introduce society to the, an unseen issue, an unseen social issue, um, and, and an issue within the bigger issue of kids in care, really. 
I think you're doing a good job of it. I, I have to say, on on social media, uh, I just see mad luck everywhere. You you are there. <laughs> That's great. That's great to hear because we, um, you know, we we kind of sometimes feel we're not doing enough at times. You know, we have very limited budgets to this kind of thing, and um, we got. We got hacked, or I got hacked on, in October on a, on Facebook, and um, and it shut down all our social media, Facebook advertising, and everything that that we use to try and get traction. So it's still not even back fully um, up and running. So it's um, so the fact that you're seeing it lots for us is saying that's really good because we're doing it purely organic and with no budget at all. Um, one is we don't have a lot of budget and two is that we're not able to use any budget we have at the minute to, to solve that problem. Mm. I know um, when when we spoke before, you talked about Mad Lug and, and growing it organically. Is is that still the case um, that you're, you're looking at organic growth or have things changed since we spoke last? Yeah, I think I still am passionate that we are about organic, organic growth um, and you know the the key the key for our growth is we're first and foremost there for to meet the social need that we we're set up to do. Um, I think there's a there's a there is a tendency in social enterprise today where people like the idea of the social enterprise, but I see it just as a vehicle. So we see the vehicle to do the social impact, to do the social need, and um, and so to do it right for us, we can't we have to kind of journey them both together. You know, the, with with every social enterprise, you you're nearly like running two organisations. Where you know people who aren't doing social enterprise as a business model are running, um, focusing on one thing. The commercials are to get their business working. Where we're we're set and we're trying to run it with a charitable mindset on connecting with the people who we're impacting, we're giving through, as well as we have to be really commercial because Madlug is its funding source to do that because we are set up purely as a um, self-funder predominantly so um, so in elements there's days I waking up and the commercial takes over and I go you know what I can really love the business part let's grow this let's take over the world there's the same issues in America how do we do that fast you know if I have team if we have budget if we have investment and and I'm not saying we won't do that at a time because that will be the next part of the organic growth but for us it's about you know, growing the business at the same space as the capacity to deliver the impact, and and I think that's the tension we ride. But it, but I I love that tension. So what's changed since we spoke last? It's probably about two oh. years, I think. So so what's new in Madlug since then? Two years ago, we um kind of had our you know there was only a couple of us on staff. Uh, we had a feral moment. Um, I think part time working mummy and in, in the UK had shared and. We had sold out in 10 hours and, and all of that. And that took us to, a, it was kind of like a pivot point for us. Um, and then we went through probably the two years after that where we, as a business, were plateauing a little bit. You know, it was kind of like we had hit that kind of turnover point and, and sales capacity point. And it was, it was like, have we sta- are we stagnating here or is there growth in this? Um, in, in the midst of that, um, you know, there was, I, got, I had the honor and privilege to be... Um, uh, you know, win a few awards and and um, I won the Entrepreneur of the Year Award, like f- overall business in Northern Ireland and represented them in UK. And that gives a little bit of, so we were getting good promotion, but as a business, we were kind of stagnant a little bit on, we'd hit that kind of 
you know, stage and and we were kind of using the language of, you know, let's really get this robust. Let's, you know, let's if we can hold this for a couple of years and and, and mature and grow. Um, and and then kind of COVID hit for us in March, and it, we were left with that kind of. I remember just because because the context of this is I came from twenty two years of youth work, no business background. So you're suddenly faced with COVID and you're starting to listen to all your mentors and all the advisors and everybody's and and they were saying, you know, furlough everyone, close up shop, reserve your cash, protect it, wait till it goes away. And um and I was listening to that and inside I knew that, you know, we would struggle to get it back up and running again. And and there was also that part inside where I felt you know, we're all about, the, the DNA of our business is about value, worth, dignity of children in care. So if you take that same value base, fact that kids are breathe, they're human. Well, my staff, the team at Madlog are human. And, and, and so the same value, worth, dignity has to go through. So given furlough and them would have sent probably a message of, you know, the, the mission is the more important than you're not. You're just, a, you're just, a, uh, and we felt, so we made a decision. Our board made a decision. Um, they were the most empowering board um, in time. And they just says, Dave, we're either in business or we're not. And they give me permission to, to just go for it. And, um, you know, and we went for it. And it was really interesting time because every week I felt like we were losing money. You know, every week I felt like our costs, our bills were greater than our income. And nobody was traveling. Bag sales were down. Um, we we put out a, uh, an activity book at the time. It was it was mainly a distraction for us to give give us something to be innovative and creative around. Um, and we we tried to get a bit of traction with that. Didn't necessarily work out a couple of bits of PR, but over that six months, um, we kind of held our own. And um, there was a in Northern Ireland because that's where we're based. There was a, a grant that was paid out that. They for social enterprises that said, um, you know, they were taken from March to August and looking at the difference between the year before. And they said that um, they would meet up to £75,000, the shortfall, compared to your last year's accounts, or it was on projected as well. And I remember thinking, you know, we've, we've, we're definitely below here. And actually, when I put through my accountant, because you don't generally, when you're, when you're in the middle of a storm, you don't have the time to be looking at the, sitting doing all your figures and stuff. And I put my accountant and I said, um, can you run me a set of accounts from this date? And I came back that actually we were up in the year before and we were profitable. And so I learned the whole thing as if you, is, is it, uh, it's kind of like business is like a storm. You know, there's a, the, um, the COVID has been like a storm. And you have two options is you either throw an anchor in and you hold off and you might survive it and you get beaten up and you get nowhere or you go for it and you hold the rudder of the boat and you react to every wave. And at the time you haven't got that time to be on, under, you've got that time just to, to focus. And I remember kind of feeling that as if we were just taken. And I, I wasn't aware I was making the right calls and they, the last thing you do on a, in a storm, if, you, if you're going into it, is you throw your crew off. And so, you know, we kept the crew. We offloaded some 
um, freelance stuff that we thought, well, we don't necessarily need at this time. Um, just the cost, but kept our kept our focus on our team. Well, what happened was um, on the August, get, we get a phone call um, from IKEA, and IKEA said we we would love to buy a Madlug bag for every one of our co-workers in the UK and Ireland. Can you deliver on that? And um, and you that didn't was, say no, did you? Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously, we, we, we didn't say no. These things happen. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we we had kind of a holiday was missed, like everybody else. We were forced that we had, you know, kept working, but our, our holiday didn't happen. And it was August, and we got a couple of days in Donegal as a family, and I we went to a hotel, and it was like, uh, so two nights and the day in between. My colleague, it was only the two of us at the time working, rang me up and says, "IKEA's just been off the phone." So <laughs> right in the middle of my holiday, I get this thing landed and and um you know went off and did some phone calls and didn't really relax the rest of the holiday because it was like how do i get you know how do we deliver on this um but but the the story is for us if we had have furloughed our team we would never have been in the position to respond in august at the end of that six months um because the response required they only had a two-month lead time which was phenomenal for like 13,000 bags to have them in Scotland. We we went into a place where we had never done business in the scale before. We were signing contracts. If we didn't deliver, we would have been out of business. And and we want and I'm passionate that social enterprise is as good as business. So we've got to deliver. When we say we're going to deliver, we're going to deliver. And we went and did all the bits and um and we delivered it on time, and and the feedback was phenomenal from the the logistics company doing it. That they had never worked with a company that never shouted at them, and and you know, and we we because value worth dignity at the core of our business, and we just carry that through every every year. So that is that is a resulted Heidi in the last. Um, you know, we hired two we hired two new staff in December, which is unheard of. Um, we, I got a, a, an integrator, somebody doing that kind of general manager role so that I can continue to be more visionary in the, in the role and be free to do that. And we got a sales and marketing person um, in. And, and then during the summer, when we were in the middle of um, our busy school bag season, we hired our first care experience young person. So, so we doubled our team basically in, in, in 2020. And um, now is that easy? We've hit January, February, March. Not really. We we didn't really see the second lockdown coming to be as long, and it's been a tough three months. But but it's been a, in some ways it's a blessing because we've been able to you know embed the team into the culture and get get them working. So that that's kind of where Madlug. We're nearly hitting. Once we get all the IKEA bags delivered, the thirteen thousand will be nearly over 40,000 bags to children in care since start. We're thinking That's worth 400,000 pounds of money back into just money back in, never mind the positive mind, um, you know, the positive um, impact that it's having on children in care more than the bag is. So, That's a lot. That's a lot of bags. Imagine if you stacked them all up, how high they'd reach. 
Totally, totally. Well said. <laughs> should do the, if we we stacked all our bags up, they would reach to the moon and back. Because will be the next stat you'll be quoting, no doubt. I'll <laughs> say. Well, we we have a dream that you know in twenty. I suppose our mission is that, and you know, we want to give ninety thousand children in dignity to ninety thousand children in care by giving them a bag um, by twenty twenty four. So that's our kind of mission. So we're nearly halfway there. You might have to revise that. I think you're going to get there before then. Yeah, we, we think it's a big enough. We think it's a big enough goal, um, but we we also feel it could be more. But we we just it's you know it's it's enough to motivate us and get us out of bed. And we go, and we yeah. do things with quality and doing things right. Definitely, I loved um, when you're talking there about this idea of of when with COVID of either. Let, let's chuck the anchor in and stay or, or just go with it so when when you were just going with it was it was it a lot of just your gut instinct and intuition or, or were you you still making strategic decisions so to speak in that process yeah how did it work what was it you know what did you think were you like how do I get to tomorrow or this is actually going to be for the next three months I, I think so a couple of things put into context so the reason we were able to do it was we had made wise decisions at other points in our business. So we've never been a business that when we have done really well that we have just spent because we could spend. Is that we always are really cautious. So it meant that we were we were in the position that we had reserves um, to enable us to take a risk in it. Um, so so I, I I wasn't forced into like a lot of business leaders were of we don't, you know, next week we're not going to be able to pay a salary. If it might have had to make those calls three or four months in, but we, we were in that kind of place. And it was because we did without. You know, we didn't hire when we when we, we might have been able to. Um, we've always played played pretty cautious. I don't really feed into I hear lots of young leaders, entrepreneurs talking about, you know, high risk, high gain. And my attitude to that is, you know, you only hear the success stories in that. And um, and I, so I don't really play into that. So being cautious, that that brought us into it. And um, and then when you're in it, the two things, and I, this is why I love social enterprises, I have got a great board of skilled people, you know, legal people who are at the top of their, their, their professions. And, and I get that free. And add input and add support. So when you get when you come with something and you get them supporting that and actually pushing you even further in that, so you're coming with a well, maybe we could all go to eighty percent because that was what society was, you know. And as a leader, and they're going, Dave, we're either in business and we're not in a cash position that needs to do that. Let's go for it, you know, and let's keep paying people properly. And there was, um, you know, because because culturally, I was thinking we've got to be. It's not fair, and the other companies that are furloughing people and having to. You know, maybe we should be culturally, you know, so so operating as a social enterprise on a socialist mindset, fully, you know, kind of um, level playing field. But when you have that board in there saying, um, "Go for it," and supporting you, um, then that makes it easier to do that. And then it really is gut. And I think that's when you get your best responses. You know, your is if you never know the fear of the fear of something often prevents us from trying but if we try we get generally the right the right answers or we 
we have a smaller fall that can be picked up and on to the next place. Um, but we're nearly afraid of the fall and um, because we think it's bigger. And um, that that's kind of, it was more gut for me, but I'm a gut. I'm a, my personality type is I lead a lot by gut anyway. That makes sense. It's before the brain kicks in and starts to say, well, how are you going to do it? You've already made the decision. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have Mad Lug started if I, had, if, if I was that kind of person. Because every part of the mind would say, don't do it. And, um, you know, and I think the, the, the stubbornness and the, the kind of gut feeling and maybe a little bit of naive is the unknown is actually an advantage in this because you, you, you're not doing it. You're out of a knowledge base. You're doing it out of, well, there's an adventure in this and there's an opportunity in this. And the same, the same end is in this is potentially you stay still, you get battered, you, you don't get started, you, you know, you've nothing left. Or you try and you get to the end and you have, but there's there's greater benefits if you get there and you're still because you've got there. And that's kind of how I, I see life in many ways. Brilliant. Dave, it's been lovely as ever talking to you. I, I, I know I probably said this last time, but I could listen to you talking forever. Um, it, I just find um, like your your approach to how you run Madlog really fascinating and, and interesting. And I, I just love the, the passion always comes through to me. So where can people buy a bag? What's the, the social media websites? Let's have them. Sure. So um, where you can buy a bag is um, in two locations now. We have madlug.com, which is our consumer website. Um, and that's where you can buy one-offs and get your bag. And we have a pile of um, different styles there, hopefully meet lots of need. And then if you're in business, there's the there's um, Madlug in your business or madlugyourbusiness.com. And that's where we're we're just seeing as a as an opportunity to connect um our mission of kids in care with the, the bank social in the in the corporate world and um so we're those two sites and i'm getting in touch the social spaces is we are madlog on twitter facebook instagram and then madlog on linkedin brilliant um is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners before we finish um well, I, I think in the in the sense that the, the suppose where I'm at is I'm so passionate about um, kids in care and and us seeing a movement where children in care are are impacted and their value and worth. I mean, my dream is that we have um, buses and TV ads and everything going. Every child encourage incredible because we're using business to fund this, um, and that's that's the dream. But I'm also hugely passionate about social enterprise and about making social enterprise work because I think it's a great business model and I think if anybody's listening to this who's in the middle of either starting or struggling with their social enterprise I would say the key to it is spend time looking for your black bin bag story so in the midst of it is that um, you can try often we try and fix too wide a problem so hold children in care space where for us it's one little niche and I think if we can get that right. So if you're starting it, look for your black bin bag story today. And if you're if you're in the middle of something and feeling there's not a lot of traction there, start defining a little bit more on what your black bin bag story is in the greater story, because that shows you where you play on the on the pitch. That takes you out of a competitor space with other social enterprises and charities. 
and it takes you into um, a collaborator and and somebody who, who who plays as a team in the social enterprise space. So um, definitely, I'd say that's that's the biggest thing I've learned and the thing that's kept us six years on still is focused on our black bin bag story mission and not having any mission drift because we've found our black bin bag story. Dave, it's been amazing talking to you again today. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. You've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Heidi Fisher's second book is out now. Impact First, the social entrepreneur's guide to measuring, managing and growing your impact is an easy to follow but effective impact measurement and management approach for social entrepreneurs serious about making change who want to prove it. Follow Heidi's advice and by the end you'll know what to measure, how to measure it and what to do with the data you collect. That's a winning recipe for success with your social enterprise or purpose-led business. Go to makeanimpactcic.co.uk for details. Thank you for listening.